0: because that's the old mentality of work hard get a job get a mortgage get a yeah. pension and retire i just went through a stage i was untouchable there was nothing i couldn't do nothing and then bang stopped but then there's a thing called burnout that comes with it and there's another thing called reality that you gotta accept every now and then and all the money in the world it don't stop reality what
1: was the reality that
0: he I lost the baby the day the day after we announced it George started bleeding and then i spoke to the doctor and the doctor was like mate, I'm telling you, this baby, was no way on the planet this baby can survive, mate. And so she had to get a
1: termination. But I've never, ever spoken to a man about it.
2: Mm.
1: And when I spoke to you on the phone, I realised I made that mistake. But we forget about the partner in this case. Mm -hmm. And what struck me about you was telling me how much of an impact it had on you. And I just had a kind of a realisation, of course it would.
0: It's it's only that much on my life and I didn't know that. I thought the business was everything. It was me, my son, my missus in the business. Don't care about anything else. Yeah, my mum's the one that pushed me and made me what I am today. And Georgia's the one that brings Brody up, so I'm not even listening to any of that bollocks. Yeah. But Georgia needed the support of a man round her. Yeah? So I can't even give myself time to even think about it. I need to be strong. I've got a kid. The bills ain't gonna stop, are they? The business ain't gonna stop. So did you go back to work straight away?
1: Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast onto Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try. And you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Tommy. Hello.
0: Hello, how are you?
1: Welcome to Millennial Mind. I'm good. How are you? What are you laughing for? <laughs> You're just a funny character. <laughs> Do you think? You are. I've been around you for about 20 minutes and I can't stop laughing.
0: Well, thanks. Is that a good thing?
1: It is a good thing. You've got good energy. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy to have you here today.
0: I'm so happy to be here. We got there in the end, didn't we?
1: We did. But one of the things that struck me most about you when I spoke to you for the first time was you have no qualifications. Yep. You couldn't read or write. Mm-hmm. And yet you were a multi-millionaire by the time you were 30. Yeah. And you were in Forbes 30 Under 30 when you couldn't read or write. Yeah. Talk me through that.
0: <clears throat> um, i became become a multi-millionaire at 26, I think. I think I was younger, actually. Um, and it all stemmed from me not having the qualifications to go on and do normal things. For example, Mm -hmm. my mum and dad wanted me to go down the same route as my brother and get like a a degree in university, college, and do all that sort of stuff. I did try that and failed it because the algebra and then obviously the reading and writing. When I say I can't read and write, I can read a text and I'd be able to write an Instagram post. But when it comes to having to read a contract, my attention
2: Mm. goes
0: from the top line to the bottom. Then it starts going all round. So I used to get my Bs and Ds wrong. So I'd like do it the wrong way round. And if I had to write 32, I'd write 23. And I just used to just be jubbled up, everything was. Um, but I was used to that and I always thought it was dyslexic. I always thought I was a dyslexic. I had a teacher told mum and dad years ago I was dyslexic. There was nothing they could do with me. I had a support teacher in school mm-hmm. and it lasted about two, three months. And when I had this support teacher, I was in year three, and I've got quite a good memory. of I can remember a lot. And I remember actually twisting this woman around my little finger to the point where I didn't have to do any schoolwork when I sat outside the classroom with her. I'd just sit there and talk about motorbikes, because I was a about motorbikes. And from the day of being able to do that, I knew that I had a talent in something else, and it weren't like academics. I, I still remember everything about this woman. I remember her saying she fell off a motorbike, she lost her balance, and it was inside her ear. And from that, I was like, well, I'll get a lot of information out of people and then I can learn that way. So I started self-teaching from like, the age of around six. Okay. To the point where I was so annoying, you couldn't be around me because I'd just <laughs> ask so many questions. Two things about me. I ask a lot of questions and you'll notice as well, I speak over a lot of people a lot. It do not come from a rude place. It comes from my, my ADHD, which has only just been diagnosed. So yeah
1: um why was it just
0: diagnosed it wasn't a thing it wasn't a thing and I feel like a, mum a lot of people from my mum and dad's generation they they struggle with acceptance well I don't I accept and carry on acceptance with what everything so my, my brother's got like a, um the best grades in the country in university for every year is at university it was there six years He's an absolute genius, my brother. My dad's a genius as well with IQ on paper. He's actually got a genius IQ, my dad. Oh, God. Um, And I can't even spell my name. But I'm fucking good at getting money. (laughs) Sorry, excuse
1: my (laughs) French. Okay, um, so 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 tell me about that, because there's going to be people watching, listening to this, thinking, okay, well, I'm perhaps not academic, yep. I struggle yep. with reading and writing and all these other things, and I don't really know what to do and where to go, so how did you discover what you were good at?
0: What got me to where I am today, and I want to talk about this after, really, yeah, is when people say hard work is the thing that makes you successful, because that, that ain't true, it's completely not true, I'll tell you that right now, I find it really offensive when people say that why hard work doesn't make you successful you need to have hard work to get to a certain place but Binman work hard my mom was a cleaner she worked three mm. jobs mm-hmm. What well, my mom was not successful in getting money she's successful was raising her kids but she worked her fingers to the bone
2: yeah i
0: remember my mom coming home right she used to get the bus back from shopping and she would have like lions in her arms where she was holding the shopping bags for so long, coming home from Angel in Islington to where I used to live, yeah? Does, that, does my mum not hard working? Mm. My dad worked loads. My dad worked all the hours that God give. There's only so many hours you can work, but your circumstances so true. give play a big part. So I'm not gonna say I'm here for the hard work, because I'm not. I'm, I'm here because I've got a mindset that can, we've held a lot of no's. Do you believe in luck? Um I feel like you make your own luck but yeah I do believe in luck and I believe in destiny more than anything. I don't really believe I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. And I'm not going to go back and even start talking about how it's just hard work's the key to success because I'm not going to sell a false dream to someone, right? And I'm not going to make people feel worthless because the people who work in my business who work crazy crazy hard mm. to help me become what I am. And for me to live my dreams couldn't work any harder, yeah? I agree. They're never going to be worth the, the amount I'm going to be in the job that they're doing for me. Mm. Because it just don't work like that. The person who's working in the hospital, like right, driving themselves mad every day, blisters on their feet. They're working hard. But they're working hard to save people, not to get money. So the hard work is the thing that makes you successful. That ain't the only ingredient to success, yeah? Mindset is the first thing. And I also feel destiny. I feel like I'm destined to be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I was always meant to be here today, mm-hmm. I'm always meant to go further and I'm here to inspire and that's why I feel like I'm in this position and it all stems back to 2006 mock, mock GCSE exams, me failing all of them and my dad telling me I was going to amount to nothing in McDonald's car park.
1: Sounds like me to be fair. Yeah and I was
0: like, <laughs> I, who's, I was like who's, who's not going to be anything, why am I not going to be anything? Because you're not good grades. Alright fine, well that's in your opinion. So your
1: dad was an academic
0: majorly majorly genius academic like you've never you've probably seen more people like it but where i come from very rarely see people as clever as what my dad is
1: so he was pushing you to be to be in that
0: yeah he was pushing me to become successful through academic because that's mm. the what he knows because that's the old mentality of work hard get a job get a mortgage get yeah. a pension and retire i don't believe in that
1: at what stage did you decide you didn't believe in that
0: the day that he told me that really because I used to listen to mum and dad argue about money and if he had these if he had all the answers why are you arguing about money you ain't got the financial freedom to even to think it my dad was having it hard then mm. and my dad gave me everything growing up and my mum and dad worked so hard and they made me honest they made sure I never lied they made me hard working they encouraged me to go out and pursue what I wanted to do but mum mm. and dad are both different people my dad is very academic my brothers like him My mum's different. My mum just knew that I had something in me. And I knew from that day that I was going to do it. And I said to him, listen, all right, sweet, Well, we'll see, we're a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And I'm (laughs) multi-millionaire by the time I was 25,
1: 26. So tell me about that transition, because there's a lot of people, you know, I have a similar story. I didn't do very well in my GCSEs, and I feel that my mum has always seen something within me. And I think we all are meant to go down a different route in life, except we're all taught to do one path, right? We're all taught about one way Mm -hmm. of success, and that is to get good grades at university, get a good job, get a mortgage, get a house, and there you go, bingo. You're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 70 and you're retired and you don't have enough time to spend it. But tell me about where you learned about this financial freedom because there's a lot of people at the moment that are like, how do I become financially free? But I didn't know about this term, financial freedom, until I was about 25, 26.
0: I feel like I knew about it from the age of 10. My mum bought me a motorbike on her credit card. And I remember it was £590 and she bought it in um, like a motorbike fair like that I went to. And it was like the best day of my life. But then also looking back at it, it caused so much problems. Because I remember mom mum and dad arguing about the credit card bills for years onwards.
2: Mm.
0: And for me, it was like, look, you don't have to make it too complex or anything more than what it is. Yeah? Being financial free is this. Can you go on holiday a few times a year? Yes. Can you comfortably go to work Monday to Friday, your house is paid for, have some play money, and then maybe have a little bit in in the bank in case the interest rate goes up and then you're going to be a bit behind? If you can do that, you're financial free, I, I personally feel like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you can go to the next level, is where your ambition can take over and you want to go to, you want yachts, you want planes, you want houses. It's all different, isn't it? Depends what you feel like you need and what you're destined for. And what do you need? I want peace
1: i read in an article that you said you had a hunger for money yeah, how does peace correlate for hunger for money
0: because when you've never had no money you feel like it's going to solve everything when you come from nothing and you've never seen money mm. you feel like money's the the answer to everything is you it know? of course you ain't. but you need to get there to understand it so if i sit here right now and i say money's nothing it's not yeah. everything everyone has not got no money is going to comment under this podcast right now saying it's easy for you to say that you've got money agree I've been both sides. Having money is fantastic. And I welcome it into my life more than anything. Because I want to spread it and I want to be able to do what I want in my life. I want to be able to build. I want to be able to do what makes me happy. It doesn't make you happy, though. You have to find it within to then to be able to build on it. I've, had, I've, had, I've been at the point before when I've got millions in the bank, yeah? Mm-hmm. which, And I was the most unhappiest I'd ever been. Why? Because I didn't understand where the happiness was coming from. I thought the money was gonna buy it. There's only so many cars you can buy. There's only so many holidays you can go on. But if you've got no peace inside, what are you doing? You're filling voids and it's like that. Bang, 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 bang. It's never ending. When you start, that money actually goes down and then you work on yourself and you work out how natural things make you feel good. Getting up in the morning, training, Mm -hmm. watching the sunrise, being grateful, Helping people, giving opportunities, being there for people—that's what—that's what real life's about. Money's a man-made object; it's nothing. It's—it's it's, it's been we made that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The natural things we're here to do are the things that give us that inner, that inner fulfilment. So that so look, I was multi-multi millionaire with ADHD, and I was losing my family at one point. Why? Because I had bad ADHD, and my impulse was taken over.
1: In what sense? So but wait, I'd buy
0: hold- a car on a Monday. Try to sell it on a Friday. George would come home and selling her car, and then I'd be going mad because I just had all this stuff inside me for me to just keep building. I weren't one bit content, and without that, you're worthless. Don't matter how much money you've got, you'll lose it.
1: I'm interested in knowing how you become content because can you be ambitious, yeah, but be content at the same time, yeah? How?
0: You have to. And and it took me a re- it took me some really I've had a really bad year this year. Yeah? The I'd say God has given me these few last last few years as a proper proper like He can give me everything but also take it off me at the same time. I need to really now to learn how to what to do with it. And I've gone from being having so much money around me, I didn't know what to do with it, buying houses all over the world. Not appreciating it. Just spending it like it is what it is. Is not... that because you grew so quickly? No, no, no. But I will not I Everything I do is investment purposes. I don't go and spend money on ridiculous things. Like I'm that guy that won't buy something unless I shop every shop to find out there's a better <laughs> price. And if it's a tenner and I've lost out on it, I'm fuming. Yeah, That's who I am. <laughs> um, I don't lose money on cars. I only make good, good deals. I just need to have small wins all the time. But them small wins started to take over my life where... I found it very hard to be able to be in between businessman, family man. And when you're living and breathing it, the business deals I had to be really strong for, really firm, I'd go home with the same attitude and be like it with my family. I- and then you become someone who's, who you're not. Mm. You're just always on the back foot and everyone's against you and you're arguing. And if it's just it just ends up tough. For having ADHD, having like, problems at home, having problems in business, but still having loads of money around me, it's really uncomfortable. Mm. Because you can't can't go out and you don't spend it, you're scared you're gonna lose it constantly, you don't got that peace, you got this big void in your body, yeah? Until I got tested for ADHD, got it sorted, started to then understand that I needed to separate both things for me to be content. So I need to be content with my family, Mm. but then never content with business. i mean yeah so then i developed something and this is what really made me really really concrete i looked at what i had to earn monthly for me to keep my life where it is and i thought without any businesses i can easily generate that money and give my son a comfortable life my family a comfortable life and just carry on yeah okay and i was like i'm willing to lose it all i'm gonna go and be a good dad and then work backwards so, if I have to lose it all in, the, in, in me doing this, I'll do it. Because I'm going to go and find the piece first, and then I'm going to go and tackle everything else. Th- does this make sense?
1: No. It when doesn't. You say, when you say lose it all, so you were already. You, let, let's rewind a bit. Yeah. In 2020, you had generated 11.8 million in sales for Mallet, mm-hmm. right? And that was in the pandemic.
0: I tripled that in the pandemic as well.
1: You, so, you tripled it then the following year? I think I've something like 25. That was what. That was the stat that was in Forbes 30 under 30, and I was shocked by that. So you're telling me you've tripled it?
0: I think I, I think my peak was 25 million.
1: <gasps> That's crazy. In one year. Yeah. So let's rewind a bit. How did you get to building 25 million in sales one year?
0: This is where I'm going to contradict myself. This is why my <laughs> story is a hard one to tell because I'm as much as I'm an aggressive businessman. I'm also someone that just wants peace, as I just said. But for me to build that business, I had to really, really, really just live uncomfortably. What do you mean? It's Nothing comes before the goal. I, I need to just carry on. No matter how much money I make, I need to make sure that I'm there. and I need to make sure that it's being driven. Push, 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 push. No time to have any st- other conversations. Don't talk to about anything else. The goal's the only thing that we're pushing.
1: And what was the goal?
0: Take it to, to the moon take us to the moon and then every time I'd like it was like alright I need to crack the states crack the states alright Canada crack Canada crack Australia before I knew it I stopped making goals because by the time I'd like set out to do one I'd done three of them (laughs) literally untouchable absolutely untouchable I've got that I just went through a stage I was untouchable there was nothing I couldn't do nothing and then bang stopped out of nowhere gone and and it was for the best because the business the business is only that much of my life. And I didn't know that. I thought the business was everything. Mm. It was me, my son, my missus in the business. Don't care about anything else. Don't talk to me about anything else. I don't care. There's, there's no conversation to be had with me and you. Don't small talk. I don't want friends. Don't ever dare send me a voice note longer than 10 seconds because I'll block you. Straight. I'm being honest. That's the mindset that I had. Is, is Unless it's about the goal, do not talk to me. Don't invite me out. I ain't drinking. Didn't drink for years. Mm. I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to smash this goal. And I ain't stopping until I get there. Until I got un- unstoppable. But then there's a thing called burnout that comes with it. And there's another thing called reality that you got to accept every now and then. And all the money in the world, it don't stop reality.
1: And what was the reality that hit you? I lost then? a
0: baby. And... I didn't just lose a baby. I actually turned my whole life upside down because I went through a stage in January and I feel like I am brushing off the business part here. I'm brushing off what I've done, yeah? And all I really want to talk about about the business today is I've done what I set out to do Mm -hmm. and for me to do it, I've risked a lot Mm -hmm. and I made it happen. But I needed a reality check because when you're smashing it and you're not getting told no, you're the man, isn't you? Everyone around you's on the payroll. Yeah, you're the man. No one's gonna tell you anything different. You're smashing it, but when reality actually comes, yeah, and hits ya, you, you ain't nothing. You're nothing. And trust me, it comes. I thought, I thought, I thought that a few times that oh, I'm alright. I can get through anything. And the first one was my type two diabetes. Last year, they told me that I was um, had type two diabetes and if I didn't lose 10 kilos, I was gonna go down a really spirally path. I lost oh. that in six weeks and literally just turned my whole life around in six weeks. So for me, that's another thing. It was a wake up call, you're ruining your body. But then I'm also like, well, I'm the man. I can change that in six weeks. I've just lost 10 kilos. Yeah. Anything I compete with, I can fix, done that. Then I had the ADHD thing that come just after. And I fixed that, saved my family. I'm the man. I mean, you get told your baby's dying, man. <laughs> and there's, there's there's, no way. Tell me what about gonna that. Throw, what are you gonna throw at it um,
1: What happened? Why were you told that your baby was It drunk?
0: come at a time, yeah, where I was going through, a, I had a, a year of really, really intense business. And it was tough on me, like it was really tough. And I was like, when I get got the end of this, I'm gonna just devote a bit of time to my family. And it was a year of like, so, so intense. Everything was so intense. And I got to January, I'd done an acquisition that I was hoping to do. And it was like the best year of my life set to be. And I got what I wanted. And then we went to Spain to celebrate. Look, start looking at wedding venues, put a date in to get married. Best year of our life's coming. Georgia got pregnant, as planned, first time. And then we get to the us being us. Just found out, we go to our private doctor, get a scan at a week. There's like, she's pregnant, so we're buzzing. Another week goes, we go back again. It's like, you can't see the baby. Go back after a few weeks, the baby's there, you can see it, it's kicking around. Get attached to the baby. And then we start filming our show on the first day filming. And it to our family. And she was only, a, like, four weeks. And I said, Sank in me was like, George, do you think this is right? Us actually talking about this now, nah, like really early. And with me always having that sixth sense that I've got, which I'll speak about later, Sank didn't sit right with me. And I was like, do you not want to wait, George? No, 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 let's do it. Both excited because we just want this little girl and we got a miracle, yeah? And the day the day after we announced it, George started bleeding. And um wow. Did you're in a it then hit you, didn't it? What do you do? So we go and get a scan First one was like, everything's all right, it could be something to do with the baby trying to attach itself to the, the sack. Trying to, the sack has to stick to, I don't know, man. I, I can't go yeah. into the science behind it because I don't know the words. But when the, the sack has to stick to the uterus or something, I don't know how it works. And basically, it was like, but this, she said, do you know what, the sack don't look big enough for the size of the baby. And with me being me, coming out of this winning streak. What do you mean ain't big enough? I ain't having that. Georgia, moving doctor, get down to Portland. Go down to Portland and they're like, yeah, um, it's too early to tell you. You should be all right though. Jump on these tablets, do this, this and this. So we had four weeks of us having to sit there and wonder from two months to, to three months whether the baby was gonna survive. And they basically said it was a chromosome problem where the baby has three sets of chromosomes. And a baby can't live more than a week by having it. The majority of them don't last. Um and it was just it's nothing to do with either of us. It was just God in it. It weren't meant to be. And we had to literally go a month, Georgia being pregnant and getting bigger bigger and bigger, praying every day. St- turn down tools. Um and just literally just done everything we could to try and give ourselves the best chance. And in them times, you really understand that. Yes, obviously the money helped because I could take her to the best doctors. I went and see the best, the best, the best doctor in the country. I had the best care you can imagine. And I can't when when them tell you that when you go in there, and they put the scan on her, and I just looked at him and I could just I read him before he spoke. Because I've always been able to do that. And I went, George, your bladder's full. You need to go to the toilet. They can't see the thingy to get out of the room. I went, tell me. And he went, like right. And so I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, that was it. They was like, look, you can either just try and carry on and you're going to have a miscarriage or you can just put yourself out of the pain and uh, have a thingy. And... Like, I come from a Catholic family, a Catholic Irish family. And uh, I just believe that what's meant to be is meant to be, and things like that. So I sort of started just praying constantly. And then I spoke to the doctor, and the doctor was like, mate, I'm telling you, this baby, was no way on the planet this baby can survive, mate. And so she had to get a termination. And it ain't until you go through something like that, Yeah. yeah.
2: um do you wanna take a minute? No. Never.
1: Why so why why never? What's the point?
0: Well you can't show emotion. That's what it's no. about. It's about the journey, innit? Can't always be win 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 like you have to take losses, don't you? And Yeah, what what can you do? But um, look, we're lucky we've got a kid and we've got a son and literally we we, we we got through it as a family. And instead of just moping around and letting it ruin us, mm-hmm. we, we didn't stop filming. We covered the whole thing. Really? Mm.
1: I've spoken a lot about miscarriage on this podcast, but I've never ever spoken to a man about it. Mm. And when I spoke to you on the phone, I realised I made that mistake. It's always about the woman. And that is because they hold the baby and because they share their experiences. But we forget about the partner in this case. Mm-hmm. And what struck me about you was telling me how much of an impact it had on you. And I just had a kind of a realisation, of course it would. Mm. But I've never really asked no the man does. in the relationship, no one does. how do they feel?
0: Even when like, you're in the hospital, and the, the midwife don't... This, it's all about make sure she's all right. Yeah. That's my mate, number one priority in my life, not just because she's had a miscarriage.
2: Mm.
0: Make sure she's all right. Fucking stupid thing to even tell me. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And as the man, shit, shit needs to keep going, doesn't it? Like, someone has to be strong, doesn't they?
2: Mm. And
0: the way, it, the reality is now, and uh, I'm not getting into none of this man and woman and, and feminist stuff. I'm not, I'm not even talking about it. Uh, it's not even my thing. My missus is stronger than I am. Mm. My mum was stronger than my dad. Yeah. Yeah, my mum's the one that pushed me and made me what I am today. And Georgia's the one that brings Brody up. So I'm not even listening to any of that bollocks. Yeah. But Georgia needed the support of a man of rounder. Yeah. So I can't even give myself time to even think about it. I need to be strong. I've got a kid. The bills ain't gonna stop, are they? The business ain't gonna stop.
1: So did you go back to work straight away?
0: I ain't been back to work since.
2: Really? No. Oh. Why? Oh, I
0: just couldn't do it. I went to I had I went I went to a few weeks after I took Georgia to my American trip to just try and just do some sank for us took her to um, Texas, took her to um, New York, took her to Miami to try and get away from it. And when I come back, I was like, you know what? I might have just emotionally checked out here, you know? And it's the biggest part of my story to date. So I don't, I've said this before, yeah? I don't have any regrets in my life, anything. And I don't second guess anything either. And another thing I don't do is I definitely don't become a victim. I ain't a victim. Does that sound alright for you? I definitely don't. I'm definitely not a victim. So for me, I'm like, what have I got to do here? Let's 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 what are these signs that are coming to me. So for me, it was like, this has happened for a reason. You need to change your life around. Change what though? When I was working. I, I I didn't realize how how shit shit can get taken off you so fast. Yeah, it's in the fast lane, wasn't I?
1: The thing you neglect the most, yeah. It's
0: happened twice now. It's happened to Freddie, the, the young boy that died. That made me. Uh, the majority of what I am comes from him, because I watched a. a I forgot how old he was. I think he was twelve or so. It might have been fourteen, and he died. That changed my life. My first hit, and the second one was this. And I thought to myself. If this is something which is happening because I'm not taking the signs that have been given to me, yeah, and there's something else for me to do, I don't want to lose anyone else in the the meantime, so I need to change my life. I need to. So that's the way I looked at it.
1: But Tommy, you just said that the bills don't stop and nothing nothing changes, the business won't run itself. That contradicts what you've just said in terms of you stopped working. Yeah. So did you lose it all?
0: we we'll see, innit? That's it. I don't have the answer. That's it. What do you do? That's why I explained to you at the start, there's two sides of me. Yeah. One of them wants to carry on pushing and build this this brand. Yeah. And the other one is stuck where, well, I need to go probably down a different route. Because this shit's real. Of course. I'm constantly contradicting myself. Yeah. Because I don't have the answers.
1: Well, I think we all do.
0: I'm fine to do
1: that. And I think everyone always waits for something bad to happen until they make that decision, right? With anything in life, by the way. Of course. With your health, okay, that's when you'll do it. Okay, with the with your mindset, okay, this is when I'll do it. With your family, okay, now I'll spend time with them. I remember someone saying that, you know, you're probably only going to see your parents 20 times if you live away from them. If you live in a different country, maybe 10 more times until they die. Because if you see your parents once a year and they're 60, 60 70 years old... Mm -hmm. probably only going to see them 10 more times. And you don't think about that until you're in that position. And when you lose someone or when you've lost something, you do anything to get them back. Mm -hmm. And yet, I think what's so brave about you is you're making a change. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in your position would go through that situation and then just think, well, you know, I'll just try again. And, you know, I'll just keep blocking it out and I'll focus on my work and my business. Because ultimately this is what's gonna make my family happy. But you took a step back and realized that isn't making my family happy. Mm-hmm. And me adding another Ferrari, or me going on another holiday, or me doing something else, isn't solving the problem. I mm-hmm. mean, running away and going to America hasn't solved the problem. So the money isn't solving the problem.
0: You can't buy another kid, can you? No. So that's what I'm saying, and I said this at the start, I'll constantly contradict myself because I don't have the answers, but mm. look, I've built a great team
2: yeah. who
0: run Mallet and I'd be lost without them. And they're keeping the business going. The business is doing very well.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm, I'm in and out on phone calls. I'm just struggling to get back into the swing of it because I've probably suffered a little bit of trauma a little bit as well. And I just want to spend as much time with my family as I can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I want to create new things and I want to spread, spread different messages. And I've been doing it for years now. So I've just got to the point where when when you lose something and you can't replace it, it just makes things different. And I, I, I don't have the answer I promise you, because I'm yeah. going through this, like mm-hmm. I've normally got an answer for everything, but I'm going through this now. Mm. So I'm going through this transition period in my life where I've had no other choice than to just turn to my spiritual side,
2: yeah,
0: turn to God and constantly be around my family. Because when you're grieving something, because all you want to do is be around saying that brings joy money don't do that for you. One thing my mum and dad taught me was to morally be there for your family, yeah? And if I would have left Georgia, and my little boy to get back in that office, to keep trying to turn numbers, they wouldn't be happy with me. Yeah. So I've done what I had to do and I've stepped back and I've loved watching it grow. And I went to Spain with my family and that's where the money started working for me actually, because I took three months off for my family and just actually just me and them, and invited people over, mm-hmm. and I lived my life for three months, which I've never been able to do, because I've always been in that office driving myself mad. Yeah. So I found peace. It come at a cost, but I found it. And now I know what I want in my life. And it just took a lot of horrible things to happen to me. Where at the time, you can turn around and think, Oh, what's going on? Mm. For me, I was like, this is the transition. It must be the transition. And I'm grateful for everything that I've come come across in the last, like, year.
1: Everything you talk to me about seems that you're very detached from your body and very much looking at it from a very holistic sense. Mm. And you've touched upon your spiritual side by saying you've been able to read people. You said that about the hospital. You said before the doctor said it, I was able to know what he said. And before you talked about being able to be a psychic at the start of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. What do you mean by you have these psychic abilities? So
0: I'm psychic. I always have been. And since I was six, it was the the, the first time. Um, And I I don't really speak about it because people don't really understand it. And then you just become a meme of everyone thinking you've lost your marbles. Yeah. Where I've not lost my marbles, i found them. Yeah. And I basically see something when I was a kid. My mum was going through a lot of pain with like a bad toothache and I could hear her screaming. She had an infection in her root. Right. And it's the, one of the worst pains you can actually go through, right? It's not like having a hole in your I tooth, know. it is horrendous. And I could hear her screaming. And my dad went around at the time, praying, praying, screaming. And then she just stopped like that. And I could hear her screaming at someone's name, John Ma, John Ma, please help me. God help me, please send someone, help me. And it just stopped. And I just remember it. thinking, hearing this mad silence in my house. And I was young, I was I was six, five or six. And as I heard a stop, I see a blue, me and my brother shared a room, we had a small room in his house in Island, and We had a bunk bed. This, this blue light just come through the bedroom, past my room. But as it went past my room, it stopped. Oh my God. And just looked at me, but I couldn't make out what it was. I just see a blue light. Like piercing blue. So I'm petrified now, yeah? Because I don't know what this is. Of course. And I'm like, uh, 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 I just remember going, uh, 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 Ben, Ben, to my brother, Ben, Ben. And he, I can hear him moving, but we didn't speak about this till after, years after, 10 years after. He said, I see that blue light, you know? I, I felt that blue light. I didn't see it, I felt that, I felt something was in the room. And I just felt like it was going to be all right, so I didn't get in the way. But I could see it. What? I could see it.
1: And have you seen it since?
0: No, because it was a healing spirit. It was my mum's guardian angel, and it was a guy called John mob which is the guy she's praying to, which is an uncle that died. So, off the back of that, I couldn't sleep in the house. I was going through really bad, like, Mum, Mum, I can't go downstairs. I can feel it following me up the stairs. Every time I go downstairs, I can feel it. And I lived in like a Georgian like basement of a house, sort of, uh, where I, where I come from, right? And every time I went down, I'd sprint up the stairs to get back up. So the to- we only had one toilet it was downstairs, so I'd go downstairs, go a wee, and I'd have to run back up. And I'd always feel it behind me. I'd always feel this presence from that day behind me, and I didn't know where it was, so I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So my mum took me to a church, and it was a spiritual church. And as soon as I walked in, the guy was like, "Wow." <laughs> Do you know what you've got? And mum was like, before you speak to him, speak to me, what do you mean? Like, this kid has got a crazy, crazy gift. Like, you've, it's actually, I can feel it coming through you. Like, this is crazy. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want the gift. <laughs> I don't want to keep getting followed by by a ghost. Stop it. But I was about seven now, yeah? Never forget. I, was I
2: can little, just imagine
0: you this, as well. <laughs> imagine it. Like, I was in this little spiritual church and that time I was in Romford and it was near like the brewery in Romford. I'll never forget, it was this little chapel and I was in there and I was like, mum, do you reckon he actually means that? She was like, well, oh, we must do. So next thing you know, I'm sitting in between these, It's about 30 people in this room. Yeah. And it was like, do you remember Colin Fright used to be on telly, he used to talk to the people and give them messages. Yeah. Small messages. We're in this room and she's like, it goes to the woman, talks to some woman, and then after, you, the gifted one, starts telling me things. So I was like, thank you. You, and the whole room now is tooting. like, I'm sorry everyone, I can't deliver any messages apart from this kid here. He needs the messages. Don't buy so many pairs of jeans. Don't have it with so many good time girls. Don't, um, don't, you don't need to change your shoes every two weeks, they're going to ruin your feet. But I was seven, so I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I got one pair of shoes. I have to wear to school and when I go out. But he was telling me my future, and he was telling me that if I keep changing my shoes, my arches and my feet ain't gonna develop, and I got flat feet now.
2: No, I developed
0: sciatica and all mad things. I ended up like having a lot of girls around me when I was a kid that sent me off a of focus. But I got told this at six, seven, but then. It started developing more and more. So I'd be able to read energies of people from young. So teachers, I'd be able to sit there with a teacher and I, would, I wouldn't be able to gel with them. Energies didn't match, can't talk to them. This is before people was talking about manifesting and before talking about The Secret. So before all of that, I was literally doing this from a kid. So then what happened was, is I come into... Um, like fast forward 10 years, someone was viewing a property mm. and it was in a old mental asylum. Right. And the property was in the like, the, the clock tower and I, no one's ever left, lived there for longer than six months. So he brings me to view it. He's getting a deal and I go up the stairs and I was like, bang, fainted. Couldn't move. Stuck. I was on the floor. So like, they had to drag me out of the room and bring me down the stairs and it turns out my energy just got like z- Gone to a bad like I could the energy of the bad spirit overtook me I was like bang, so then started started really getting into my spiritual side of how I could protect myself, so how I can not be so open to spirits so I don't mm. have to in case I bring them home with me, how do I stop that really horrible feeling that they're being watched all the time?
1: Fine. So that's how it started from there from the age of six, you had this spirit within you or the spiritual side, right? And I actually do think that a lot of us are psychic. I spoke about this with Mo Gowdo on his podcast, Mm -hmm. that we all have psychic abilities. As you get older, you become a lot more dubious and a lot more nervous and you kind of ignore it. And then you just, I think a lot of people lack that intuition because they're scared of it, right? But I do think a lot of people have strong intuition and that strong feeling and that strong sense of someone telling them, what to do and what not to do. But anyway, that's, that's not what I want to say here. No, but I, I believe in that too. But what I wanted to ask you is, if you were tapped into your spiritual side from the age of six, mm-hmm. when you were building Mallet and you were going through this stage of like vigorously building this company to be what it is, did you not get any messages telling you to stop? I
0: don't get them to myself, you know? What do you mean? I only get them on people and feelings and people. I don't actually get sent messages for myself.
2: I no have the best way.
0: gut feeling ever. I can tell you intentions. I uh, tell you intentions in and out. Like what are my intentions? I'm not going to say on the podcast. Oh God! It's not. I'm not, saying, it's not No, it's not bad. It's not saying it's bad. Shit. No, I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's, just like it's personal. I personal, agree. Personal, I agree. Yeah, 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 you know, I, I agree. Shouting people's things out. But yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I just you don't send them for yourself. But I've got this very spiritual feeling of how, how possible it is for me to do anything. And gut feeling is when to do things and how to do it. My intuition agree. nuts. I agree. I'll like, never go against it. But then just the the, the spiritual side that people really don't understand is the part with the spirit of me
1: saying that I'm psychic and things like that. A lot of people struggle to understand it. Well, of course they do because it's not tangible. Yeah. But what people forget when they tell me they don't believe in spirits or they don't believe in God is how do you know your partner loves you? It's not tangible. How do you know I trust you? It's not tangible. Mm. Sometimes we have to trust our gut mm. and we have to work from our intuition.
2: You always because have not to. not
1: everything is tangible and I have said this multiple times, my gut will direct my decision. percent And I can meet somebody and if I don't get a good energy from them, I will not release the podcast. I recently um, did a podcast with someone really influential and I got a horrible energy from them And I just checked out from it because I thought, I'm not going to release it. Good. And I think that if I do release it, something bad will happen. I don't know what it is, but my energy, and the energy they gave me was so negative and I walked away feeling deflated. Now, the reason I do this podcast is because when I walk away from an episode, I feel uplifted. I feel empowered. They made you feel like that, though.
0: That's why you felt deflated, though, because they zap the energy out of you. And that's why... I don't talk about my, my abilities and things like that because I don't want people even coming to me with any other way.
1: Well, it knocks you, doesn't it? Because I've, I've had some spiritual experiences and I've spoken to some people about them. And I remember when I did and someone said, oh, come on, Shivani, that's ridiculous. And for a second, it made me doubt it. And I remember speaking to someone about it after, And they said, why did you tell them? Mm. And I thought, you're right. I'm not going to give you 100% when you can't accept 100% of me. And that's why when you asked me who my favorite guest was, it was Izo. And one of the things he said to me was, if I give you 100% and let's say I lied to you about it or I misuse your trust or whatever, the next time I'm only going to give you 20% so that I know if you do that again, I'm expecting out of you. Of course. I can't expect you to give me 100% when you've only ever given me 20. Mm -hmm. So if I expect somebody to not trust what I'm telling them, I'm just not going to tell them because what's the point? They're just going to come to me in negativity. But the fact that you've spoken about your spiritual side on this podcast and the fact that you've actually brought that up on here, were you nervous to do that?
0: No, I'm not nervous. I'm not scared for nothing no more. Literally, I'm just meaner. And I, when it's, it's really hard to be someone you're not. Yeah. It's so hard because I, I am wacky. I like being like that. I don't want to act any other way. I've always been like this. My whole family, like you know, Georgia, has been like this since I met Georgia. She's always know what I was about. Yeah, I've always been able to call things. Always, be, it's always worked in my favour. Sometimes it don't. Sometimes it is what it is. But I get, get a feeling one day, and it will be from Freddie at Dads. Ring my mum. you need to get hold of my mum.
1: Talk to me about that. You mentioned that you said there was two moments in your life That's that
0: tough man. <laughs> I'll do it, but I, I, every time it's. it's I don't. Uh, I've. I was going through another time of me being. Um, really selfish, in in life, and I got a phone call one day, and they said, "There's a kid. He's terminally ill. he wants to meet you and his last wish was to meet you, Michael Jordan and Kanye West." Obviously, the other two was busy in it, so they rang me, and I said no, because I said I can't. I'd just gone through having a breakdown, a stress breakdown, because everything was so overwhelming. I was like, I can't. Don't think I can do it. I can't go and make this relationship with someone and then lose him. I don't know if Harry's gonna come in. I don't know what, nothing about him.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: ain't doing it. Anyway, Sank just said, "Do it, do it, get him in and do it." So anyway, I agreed to meet him. He come in. He called Freddie. Had um had this a condition, a cerebral palsy or something like that, I think it was. And he came come in, he was the freshest kid you've ever met in your life. Just fresh, just styled, unbelievable. Had the same aftershave as me on. I met him and I loved this kid. And I offered him a lot. He didn't want to take anything off me. I couldn't give him anything because he was dying. And when I said, right, well, tell you what we'll do then. Me and you design a shoe and then I'm going to release it. And when I release it, you can have all the money. You can go and buy whatever you want. He went, what do I need it for? Spend it on Georgia, he said. So meeting him really put a lot of my life into perspective. And I'll, I'll never forget that kid because and I, I, I speak to his family constantly. I've never, never, ever left his mum since. We do like I help. I like to think we do a lot for each other
2: mm-hmm.
0: to get through like pain. And he just taught me a lot. And unfortunately, he died before I could release the shoe. So he didn't actually get to see the release. And because I I was trying to separate myself a little bit from it because I knew where it was going. And I was like, do I need to put myself through this? I'm struggling with other things. But I feel like I didn't do everything that I promised to do. I didn't get the shoe to him quick enough. I could have got it done quicker. But I had a lot of other stuff going on. So when that happened and he died i never forget i thought you know what i'm not gonna let him down now i'm gonna go for this so i released two shoes um give both both the money away the first one was uh the sunshine to give another kid a, a opportunity to get what he done to keep the charity going mm-hmm. and the other one was dream Flight, where kids go to their last holiday or they get to go to america and things like that so i donated money to that Wow. and with that happening to me it humbled me in so many different ways and my career really started after that because I understood that there was more to it. Mm. Do
2: you know what
0: I mean? I yeah. was like, you know what? I am have d- done all right here. Don't be so hard on yourself. I know you are, you've got to, don't be too content. Don't be content in business, but you've done all right. You helped that kid.
1: What was the gap between losing Freddie and losing the baby?
0: I, f- I lost Freddie in 2019. That's four years. Oh, wow. Yeah, four years. And I I, I know, but it was for a reason.
1: But Tommy, I have to ask you a question. Go on. You lost him in 2019, uh, and you said it helped you change. Yeah. But you said that 2020 and 2021 and 2022 were like the hardest hitting years of your career.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you make of it? So did it make you change? It's, uh, it made me. It made me do a lot of things. It made me tap into pick up where I left off on my spiritual side because I wanted answers of how a young kid could just go like that, that, had so much about him. Okay. That's what it done for me. It give me, it give me so many answers. When 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 I spoke about it after, I watch it back like I've got my shit in order. Like I'm talking like I'm changing, I've got my shit in order. This kid come along, he changed my life. He did change my life, but I didn't change who I was. He changed my life completely. He molded a different life for me. I, I didn't change who I was. That's as a person. what I'm
2: trying to get out of it. I didn't. Yeah.
0: Because I still had the hunger inside me, and I still hadn't had the peace. So I tapped into my spiritual side, and feel like I've done everything I could to try and get answers. And I've always gonna have him to thank for that. And I had something to like look up to, and really, really say, "I oh, don't you know what I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna inspire even more kids like you now." But with me doing that, it gives me more and more ambition.
2: Yeah.
0: And the ambition for me is the thing that's also my worst enemy. Because it's, it it gives me... It's painful, man. Because I want it so much. Want what, though? Just whatever's inside me. And whatever it is at the time, it has to be a million percent. So it was, all right, live on... Uh, for example, Freddie dies... Right now, I need to make sure that it weren't a waste of him picking me to be that person that he wanted to be around. Yeah. I need to bring these shoes out. I need to help other kids. I need to do more for charity. I need to let everyone know who this kid was. But then it's just like you're always chasing the next thing. So then one minute I'm, I'm trying to just get his name out there. Mm. And the next thing, you know, of COVID, it's and I'm got this American dream was getting me through COVID, which I end up smashing it on Zoom and doing COVID. So I've got COVID, I end up smashing America, Canada and Australia and one hit. And then I'm like, tunnel vision.
2: Yeah.
0: And then I go back down to my old ways, don't I? Of just not having thinking about anything else apart from the target. I'm admitting that I'm i I'm a complete mess. Yeah. And that's why I'm do what I do. Yeah because that I'm always driven by this, this and this. But the thing I can say I'm doing different this time is I've done the dance now. And I understand it can be taken off, ya. Yeah. I understand to appreciate it. I understand not to take things so seriously. I know that it's all about family. What mm-hmm. comes else is a bonus. Like none of it's critical. That's why I feel like I can have a bit of peace now. Because mm-hmm. as I said, I'm not scared to lose it all. Yeah. Because I've lost so much.
2: Mhm.
0: And that's the pain because you can't get that back. The money I can get back quick. I can start again tomorrow, I'll do the same thing again, I'll do it ten times bigger, yeah, because I've done it, yeah, so my my goal, my journey now is is to make sure whatever I do, I'll do it with peace, and if it takes my peace away from me, it's too expensive, I need to get out of it.
1: How do we do that, Tommy? How do we build a global brand? How do I build a global brand with peace? Tommy <sighs> What are you doing now to make sure you're managing your peace? you're growing you're still hungry
0: I'm starving <laughs> purpose man purpose so the way I look at it now is I'm I'm gonna do it a hundred more times because it's what I'm here to do yeah but I'm gonna do it different it's it's about finding the purpose of why you're doing it this is this is my new thing whether it works or not finding the purpose of why I'm doing it finding out how much time I'm willing to give away from my family and then working out if it's going to be worth it. Yeah. So, for example, 75% is going to my family. There's no... It's not negotiable. Got it. 75% is my family. Your time? 75%, 75% is going to my family. It does not matter what comes to me. It's going to my family. And I'm telling you, I contradict myself a lot because I'm lost in business and family. That's something that I will not give up. Yeah. There'll be times when I'll have to say, all right, Georgia, Brody, I'm going to have a really stressful month here. What yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to smash it out, but then we're going to go straight to Spain, to our happy place, and I'm going to make it up, Char. That's one thing, because then I ain't going to have the guilt inside me, which is really grinding away at me constantly.
2: But
1: I think that's normal. I think the problem is... People think you have to have balance all the time, mm-hmm. and you don't. There's going to be some months where my career is going to take over more than my health, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's going to be t- times when my career is going to take over more than my relationships, but there's going to be ha- going be times where my health has to take priority and my relationships have to take priority. Mm-hmm. You can't have balance all the time, every year, every minute of your life. It's impossible. Do
0: you know the only way that you find out the balance? Go rock bottom with every one of them.
2: Yeah,
0: it's true. If you've got it all perfect, you're never going to get there.
2: Yeah,
0: And like... And now, I'm like, all right, 75% for the family. Whether that means making sure I'm not stressed at home. Yeah. So it's less time. But when I am there, that 75% of my commitment is just to them. Health and fitness for me is huge. Mm. Really, really feel like that ticks me over. Yeah. But then also me giving back and helping people. And the reason I have to do it this way is because I'm choosing to do this now. I don't need to do it. Yeah. I can sell up now and go and give it all to my family. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do anything else ever again. So I need to make sure that there's a balance which is in my family's favor.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
0: when I die, yeah, my little boy ain't gonna go to me, all the stuff that my dad achieved, because he'll be bored of people talking to him about it. He'll be thinking about the little things, me and him going to feed the fish, yeah. me and teaching him how to go on his bike, me teaching him morals. So look, I'm at a really peaceful stage in my life right now, yeah? Yeah. And this is where I'm going to be my most dangerous. Trust me, I will be my most dangerous now. Nah in terms of business. Because it's just a bonus. When someone ain't got no ego attached to it, it ain't about trying to become billionaire, which I will come with the success. It's all about pushing that little thing inside me and letting it just work. Because I've realised... Unless I let that work, I'm never gonna be right. I'm always gonna feel like I'm trapped. I need to have that little bit of creativity going on at the same time. Yeah. So that other twenty five percent, yeah, is just fun for me, and it's fun, and I want to spread messages with it. I'm open and honest of who I am now. I'm not gonna like I've said. I lead a lot with my spiritual side. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm I'm big on promoting wellness. I'm I'm gonna give opportunity. Nah, it's a bonus, isn't it? It's now nah, it's like more. Why am I doing it? Well, I'm doing it because I've got something inside of me. It just needs to be warmed up every now and then. And now I feel like it's really, really, really gonna happen now.
1: What's gonna happen now?
0: I've <sighs> Honestly, What's the next you know steps? when you wake up and something scares you? Yeah. That's when something big's gonna happen. I agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm big into wellness. I'm big into spreading messages. I'm big into inspiring. You see, I, I was so happy about seeing the, the the book. I was like, that for me is massive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on things which is going change, to change how our generation looks at things. And I'm not saying anything more than that I'm whatsoever. Really but I'm so excited for what's to come. And I'm going to basically do it off of all the failures and all the bad stuff that's happened to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Happened for a reason. Because I can handle this. I've proved I can handle the bad stuff that comes to me. So now it's for me to tell people my story so people feel like it ain't just them. I've lived it now. I've, I've been through every single thing that I've been through in the last two years, three years. I'm ready to tell the story now. And I feel like I was basically... It happened to me for a reason. So now mm. I'm really going to go for it. You talked
1: a lot about purpose in this podcast. Huge. What's your purpose?
0: My purpose is... Look, there's, there's how you actually, is what you want it to be, and there's actually what's inside you.
2: hmm.
0: I feel like my purpose for me to be a good dad, be a good family man, that's not though. My purpose is for me to show people it's possible. It's to show people don't get the given cards at the start, let them know that it's possible. Because no, it's, it don't matter. You can do it. That's, that's it. All the shit I've been through has been for a reason. And that kid. This, like I got a craziest message this morning off someone, yeah? Okay. And this this was I hope you don't mind me reading it, but it is what it is. I won't read out what the brand was. But I got a message earlier and I was like, whoa, that's why I do this. Because I've actually I'm actually in doing things which are helping people. I just wanna thank you. I remember being sixteen in school talking about mallet on a bus to someone, saying it's achievable for kids like us to do some sick stuff. This Friday, I launched a collaboration with XX. And I used to wear fake ones of that as a kid. Just want to show love to people, inspired along the way. Thank you. I love that. This kid's doing a big collaboration here. That's mad. And funny enough, the kiddie's collaborating. My friend owns the company. So it's like, them things there. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. You need people like that in your life, don't you? You need figures to look up to. 100%. And are the figures, I didn't have anyone to look up to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I looked up to... And now we have access to them. We have access to them, but then also there's a lot of bad ones that people look yeah, up to. Yeah, true. And I don't want people to look at life and think, oh, I'm going to be a reality TV star and then I'm going to make it because trust me, you, that's not what you want in your life.
1: Well, that's why I didn't even ask you about TOWIE on here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's it put me where I am today and I'm forever, forever grateful for t- for Taui. Forever. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, um I'm bigger than that because I'm of not. Of course. But we're not
1: talking around your show on that. No. But they
0: give me the platform for me to get to where I was. Yeah. But they also could have ruined me.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it's crazy how it works, yeah? And I've done a lot of things where I'm lucky I got out of. And if I Mm. weren't myself, I could have ruined my career 20 times over.
2: Yeah.
0: Still space for me to do so as well. But I feel like that inspiration, that little push of giving to people who was like me growing up. Like the, the kids with ADHD. Yeah. Letting them know. Listen, let them this proper you can be like me believe in yourself you can do it work hard believe in yourself find purpose you can do this don't have to turn to all the stuff on the streets yeah don't have to do it so many little messages that I want to get across and there's so many people want to help Mm -hmm. so that is my purpose I basically feel my purpose is for me to show any kid that was like me growing up It don't matter where you come from if you're willing to work hard find a purpose give 100% all the time and just always believe in yourself, I feel like you can do it, and that's what I'm here to spread.
1: I love that. Tommy, thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like we could have talked for another six hours. Easy. But I really appreciate you coming, and I'm sure that this podcast is going to help so many.
0: Part two, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what the journey is. Let's do it. I
1: already (laughs) know. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Thank you.